Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here. Trust you've had a phenomenal weekend and looking forward to taking full advantage of all the opportunities that will no doubt be presented in front of you and your team this week. Before we jump into today's episode, today being Monday, the 6th of September, 2021, do me a couple of favors, if you may, please. Uh, One is uh, subscribe to the show. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, and particularly if you're on the Apple platform, just press follow. That will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be digested. And of course, if you can do me the other favor, and that is rate the show as well. Uh, And even if you want to put a comment in there about what you think the show is uh, what some good parts is are good English. What some not so good parts are, uh, but if you rate the show, that'll be making it a lot easier also for other people to more easily and more readily find the show on the various platforms. So if you can do that, that would be greatly appreciated. So in this episode, I want to talk about habits and the compounding impact of positive habits. Now, I read a phenomenal book over the weekend, and if you haven't read this book called Atomic Habits by a guy called James Clear. Uh, do yourself a favor. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal book filled with, hey, let's be honest, common sense. But often, uh, I'm not sure about you, but I often find that common sense is not all that common, particularly when I'm dealing with big corporates because it's a different, it's a completely different world. And in that particular environment, one of the things I often find is that people like to overcomplicate the overly simplistic. And uh, what I try to do when I'm working with uh, teams and certainly working with sales leaders is to take the what sometimes could be the overly complex and turn into something really, really simple. So break it down into simple parts and actually start thinking about what sort of habits can we develop that will enable us to build some momentum and enable us ultimately to get some phenomenal results that become sustainable and ultimately replicable. So that's what the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast is all about. And that's what I do when I work with sales leaders and their teams is look at how we can actually put some duplication in there to the point where there's momentum generated and results almost take care of themselves. But I'm still staggered at the number of people, number of sales leaders that uh, look to try and make some really, really complicated stuff. And with that, they also use some really complex language as well, which they don't have to. I've been six years out of corporate and uh, I've got to say, it's been the six years where I've had to unlearn a lot of stuff. And now when I'm talking to clients, working with teams, I try to use really, really plain language that is not only easier to understand, but it's also easy to implement. And funnily enough, uh, people tend to get results when they can do things in a simpler way. So that's what we're all about here when uh, when working with clients and certainly what I'm trying to do with this particular podcast. But if you look at society right now and uh, no time more than the present is a perfect example of instant gratification. You just have to look at the uh, the advertisements, social media, some of the ads on TV and so forth that, hey, it's very easy to be enticed by these illusions of grandeur, watching successful people achieve extraordinary things, have this thing now and don't worry about paying for it now, pay for it later. And you've got products like uh, Afterpay and all sorts of things are coming in. And I, I guess there's a there's a need for that in terms of the, there's a market for it. But one of the dangers we face is that a lot of people look at uh, other people. And this is where uh, I guess the, the envy can come in. People start looking at others and thinking, oh, wouldn't that be nice to have that particular level of success? Or wouldn't that be nice to drive that car or have that house or have that business level of level of success. I wish I could enjoy that level of success. And unfortunately, 
there is a lot of data and a lot of information that is readily available that can lead us into playing what I call a dangerous comparison game. And often this is with negative consequences. We tend to compare our results to the results being achieved by the quote-unquote the super successful. And often we can become disheartened when we're not receiving the accolades and not getting the results that we, we think we should based on us comparing ourselves to somebody else. And this can often lead to either a reduction in effort or even worse, quitting. Now, I see this a lot. I see this with, with companies placing huge amounts of expectations, often unrealistic expectations on their sales teams and driving just driving behavior to the point where you've got to focus on getting the number, hit the number, hit the number, hit the number. And no wonder the people have become under uh, huge amounts of stress. People are actually taking mental health days and they're, they're taking sick days they're not necessarily being engaged within the business because the focus is on the instant gratification. We've got to hit our number. And sales leaders often are conditioned with this because the senior leaders are just expecting the number to be hit and they don't care how they go about doing it. And so the environment that's created is one that's being conditioned to focus on the outcome. It's being focused on, well, success equals this. And if you don't achieve this within a certain period of time, then you are a failure. And this is what's happening. I'm talking to heaps and heaps of people who are experiencing this right now in September 2021. And it's really, really sad. It's very, very disappointing. And one of the key symptoms of this is you have people leaving, going to different organizations, thinking that the next organization is going to be different, that the next organization is going to be a little bit easier or a little bit more engaging. And yet they find that they're exactly the same thing because most leaders are so focused on hit the number, hit the number, hit the number, because that's what the conditioning is at the senior leadership level. Now, let me make something really, really clear. What I'm not saying is to not focus on the number. We've got to, we've got to know the number. We've, you've got a target. You know what success looks like in terms of the financial metrics. So that's, that's the goal we're trying to hit. What I am saying, though, is too many organizations, too many sales leaders, and therefore too many sales teams focus too much of their attention purely on the number. To the point where it's the only thing that is mentioned in one-on-ones, the only thing that's mentioned in uh, monthly newsletters, monthly catch-ups, monthly state-of-the-nation type addresses, but also the weekly team meetings as well. It's the number, the number, the number, almost to the exclusion of everything else. Now, some things we need to be really clear on, that success and mediocrity leaves clues. And the clues to focus on are the habits being formed by those we follow who are achieving the results we want, or at least making progress towards the results we want. And this is the whole point of this podcast. Yes, you need to have the number there. It has to be a goal. But it's not focusing on the goal to the exclusion of everything else. It's starting to look at, okay, what are the habits that we need to develop? And what are the habits that have already been formed by successful people who are getting the results that we're looking for? And how can we duplicate or how can we leverage those habits? And how can we find out what those habits are so that we can implement those habits ourselves and therefore get the results that we're looking for. Because here's the thing, habits are one of the most powerful practices and indicators of success. And for the super successful, they have a relentless focus on productive and repetitive habits. Now, this also goes for negative, and this is why mediocrity is mentioned in this podcast as well. There are lots of people out there who have really, really poor habits. And sometimes these habits, and the whole thing about habits is you get them to a point where you don't even think about them, so they're unconscious. When you've got an unconscious habit that a principle has been embedded, you are getting a result. The question is, am I getting the result that I want? Am I getting the result that's going to be helping? Or am I getting the result that is hindering? So you can't change the result. The only thing you can change is the habit that leads to the result. So one of the first things we've got to look at is what are the successful habits 
that we need to identify so that we can then implement to get ultimately the results that we're looking for. So this is what the successful people do. They understand a number of things. They first of all understand that positive habits must be formed and repeated over time. So this is going to be maybe a lot of uh, tests and measuring. They're going to do some experimentation. So look at a professional golfer, for example. They develop fantastic habits. Yes, they also have relentless practice and application of their technique so they can get better and better and better to the point where they get into a rhythm so that they're in the heat of battle. They're on the last hole of a championship on the final day and they've got a, a shot into the green that most ordinary people who don't play golf very very often will be looking at that and saying, oh my God, look at all those people. What sort of a pressure will be on this particular person? But the habit that the professional golfer has developed means that they can stand up to the ball and have a huge level of confidence that they can put the ball within a certain distance from the pin to give themselves every opportunity to win the championship. Why? Because they've formed a positive habit that has been formed and repeated over time by practice. So the first thing is they develop positive habits that must be formed and repeated over time. The second thing is that habits must be easy to develop and they must be easy to implement. Now, there's going to be some complex things that you might get involved in. And as I said already on this podcast today, that there is a number of people, certainly in big corporates, that try to overcomplicate the overly simplistic. The best way to do this is to look at whatever it is you've got to do, whatever it is you've got to try and form a habit around and break it down into its simplest form. What is the simplest thing you can do? Now, if you take a golfer again, now, I don't know why I'm talking about golf. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm telling myself something. I need to get back on the golf course. But if you take a golf swing, right, you need to break it down into simple component parts that are easy to remember, that are easy to develop, and are easy to implement. So there's no point about thinking about 15 different things on a backswing to try and hit the ball straight. It's better to think about one thing at a time, ingrain that, build some habits around that, and therefore start to implement that one thing to drive improvement. So think about the habits that you've got. Make sure they're easy to implement and they're easy to develop. The next one is that habits must be reviewed and measured in terms of impact. So this is not about just implementing stuff and it's almost like uh, set and forget. What we've got to be doing is constantly reviewing what is working and what's not working so we can start to implement some changes or some small tinkering. So we've got to figure out, okay, the habit that I'm implementing now How is it working? Am I making progress? What sort of impact am I seeing? Is it having a positive impact or is it having a negative impact or is it having a neutral impact? Now, this is certainly not an indication of quitting or stopping, but it's a case of how can I get better? How can I continue to make some adjustments so I'm moving in a positive direction towards the outcome that I'm looking for? So we've got to be able to review the habits and measure them in terms of the impact that we're having. The next one is to think about, okay, the habits are linked to our identity. Now, this is a big one. It's a huge component of the book that I read over the weekend by James Clear, and he talks about the fact that habits, often habits are developed that point directly to the person that we are. And hence, it's so critical to identify who we want to be uh, well before identifying what it is that we want to achieve. So if you think about this, and I've mentioned this on a few podcasts previously, I often talk to leaders about the fact that they're really, really clear on what their to-do list is, all the activities they have to get done, what sort of actions they have to take in order to drive certain results for themselves, but also certain results for their team. But very rarely do the sales leaders sit down and think about who is it that I need to be today. So they don't really focus on creating a to-b list. And the to-be list is directly related to the identity. So if you're sitting there thinking, I want to be an exceptional sales leader, the identity is, I am an exceptional sales leader. So guess what? The habits that you're going to start to develop will be linked directly to the identity that you've developed or you're developing around being an exceptional 
sales leader. So it doesn't become a wish. It doesn't become, this is what I would like to achieve. It's, I am an exceptional sales leader. So therefore, you start to develop habits that are linked directly to the identity you've created for yourself, which means, guess what? They're going to be easy to implement. They're going to be easily reviewed, and they're going to be easily repeated over time because they're directly linked to your identity. So make make sure whatever habits you're developing, they are linked to, and you've developed this understanding of who it is you are and who it is you want to be, and therefore develops the habits around that. Really, really powerful. This, the next one is, and this is where the compounding effect comes into it, it's focusing on the power of 1% improvement. Now, when you think about this, whatever habit is formed, if you focus on improving it by 1% today and then 1% tomorrow, where do you think you're going to be in 30 days, let alone in three months, let alone in 12 months? It is astonishing. Now, what we're not saying is you need to make a 15% improvement today and a 20% improvement tomorrow. If you break it down, and this is where it becomes quite easy to do, if you just focus on improving by 1%, just a small incremental improvement, and you focus on that relentless habit around that in terms of improving each day, getting better today than you were yesterday, but not as good as you're going to become tomorrow, then what starts to happen is you're focusing on making progress and you're making improvements each and every day. So what do you think happens to your technique? What do you think therefore happens to the results you start to get when you're focusing on improvement rather than trying to focus on the outcome? And this is this leads directly into the next point, and this is something that I've been focusing on for years now and talking to a lot of my clients around it, is that focusing on and measuring progress is actually significantly more powerful than simply focusing on the outcome. Now, we've already talked about this, the fact that there's a lot of sales leaders and a lot of organizations that focus on the outcome, the outcome, the outcome. Every conversation is, what are you going to close this week? What are you going to close this month? You're 15% behind your target or you're 50% behind your target. Your pipeline is nowhere near where it needs to be. Instead of focusing on the outcome, how about we flip our attention and start focusing on making and measuring progress. How are we going against the the improvement we set for ourselves? Because guess what? If you continue to focus on and measure progress, you're actually going to get the outcome because what you're doing is you're focusing on irregular improvement. And guess what? I've always, I've always said this, the, the results very often will simply take care of themselves. So focus on making progress. Don't focus on simply the outcome. The next one is that habits, and this is, this is what successful people understand a lot. They understand that, that successful habits can become boring. <laughs> but you know what? They do them anyway. It's not about having a variety every single day. They do realize that success has a price to pay and that sometimes the things you have to get done, you need to do them irrespective of how you feel. So you know what? If you think about Olympic swimmers, and we just finished the Olympics and the Paralympics, and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the swimmers talk about how sometimes, particularly in the middle of winter, when you're two years ahead of or out from certain games or certainly the Paralympics or the Olympics, they often talk about how difficult it is to get into the pool at five o'clock in the morning, particularly in the middle of winter, because it's just draining because the goal seems to be so far away. So the habits and the training can become boring. But here's the thing that separates the super successful people from everybody else is they keep going anyway. They know the habit may actually become boring, but they keep their focus on simply trying to improve by that 1% daily anyway. And this is what separates them because, as we said, success leaves clues. It's being prepared to do the things that you need to do in order to get the results that you get. Uh, And it's often also been said that if you're prepared to keep doing the things that other people are perhaps not prepared to do, 
then you'll start to reap the rewards that other people will not have the opportunity to reap. And it's simply by understanding that sometimes habits do become boring, but you've got to understand what those successful habits are and do them anyway and keep improving. And at the last point is that by staying in the game and by constantly reviewing habits and by measuring progress, these positive habits compound and they deliver exceptional results. And so this is the whole point of today. The compounding impact of positive habits is we need to know what those habits are. And if you're not quite sure about these habits, then have a think about what have you been doing? What has your sales team been doing over the last, say, 12 months to give the results that you're now experiencing? Because I can guarantee you when you look at what you've actually been doing, there's been some habits that have been built in that you're doing mostly uh, unconsciously that is delivering the results you're now achieving. Now, if you're not happy with those results, guess what? We have to alter the habits. We have to identify what those positive empowering habits are going to be that you and your sales team can develop and therefore you need to stay in the game and constantly repeat them to the point where you give yourself the opportunity of getting the result you're looking for. Because here's the fine, this is another key message added today. There's a thing called the shiny thing syndrome and it is real. It's real in sales and it's certainly real in sales leadership and please don't fall for it. You don't have to go searching for the next latest and greatest marketing hack. You don't need to go and look for the next greatest and and best sales methodology. What you have to do is start thinking about what are the successful habits that I need to put in on a constant basis that if I improve them daily over a period of time, I can deliver results that will be far in excess what I ever thought was possible. And this is the thing to think about. Identify what those positive habits are. Focus on the relentless development, the relentless implementation, and the improvement of those habits. And all it is, is 1% each day. If I can do a 1% improvement each day, just imagine what's going to happen. If I can then uh, be prepared and be tenacious enough and resilient enough and be disciplined enough and certainly committed enough to stay the course until I can start seeing the benefits of those habits being developed, then just imagine, you'll be, you'll be ready to experience results that are almost right now unimaginable. And in the process, become that exceptional sales leader. So that's the key message for today. Understand that there is a compounding impact of positive habits. And I've got to say, most organizations and most sales leaders don't get the opportunity to experience this because they don't stay in the game long enough to give these habits an opportunity to turn into quantifiable and exceptional results. And that's the difference that makes all the difference between those who are exceptional and those who are just looking for the next shiny thing. So don't fall for the shiny thing syndrome. Think about what those habits are and really, really hone in on what those need to be and how to improve those every single day. And if you want some help with this, if you'd like to work one-on-one and help you get to that exceptional sales leader level, and let's do that in the next 90 days. This is what I'm talking about, becoming an exceptional sales leader in 90 days. Why and how? Well, it's through developing positive habits that are repeated over time and are improved upon every single day. If that's you, if you're committed to doing that, let's work together one-on-one. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll have a conversation over the wonderful Zoom, and we can get started to work together as early as this week. Look forward to that conversation, and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.